Welcome to the Southern Connection Podcast. My name is Adam Luke, and you have found a podcast fundamentally meant for males who are trying to find a way to increase their professional capacity, increase their personal relationships, and find out how they carve out a little bit more time for themselves and their passions. Jeff Ortiz and I sit and anchor this podcast from being licensed marriage and family therapists along with males who've come from very diverse backgrounds. Our our history is blue collar. Our lifestyle might now be white collar, but we'll never forget where we came from. We look forward to having you in this podcast and sharing these discussions with you. Well, howdy ho, here we are back again doing another Southern Connection podcast. My name is Adam Luke. I have my amazing co-host. Jeff Ortiz here. Yeah, there you go. Silky smooth still, huh? Silky Silky smooth. smooth. Yeah, silky smooth with a peanut in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Peanut. He said peanut. Yes, a peanut peanut in there somewhere. There was just a, it got a little, little, but anyways, we'll get back onto it. So. If this is your first time to Southern Connection, you heard our intro, sort of why we had the passion of building this podcast, which was to give men a place to mentally unwind. We wanted to talk about the uncomfortable topics that sometimes we feel like we can't talk about with our families and friends. Um, and really what this is, it's, it's just like a mental gym. We're going to stretch you a little bit. We're going to maybe bring out like um, new perspectives that you haven't thought of. And it's just uh, completely in the positive regard of getting us to think differently than maybe the cognitive rigid structures we've been given by our family, our friends, our experiences in life, so that we can be better men, better husbands, uh, better significant others, better professionals. Uh, Because the good old relational experts here, Adam and Jeff, we really, build everything we've done as professionals off the fact that relationships have gotten us there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we're in the gym. Let's go, Adam. Let's go. So how how was your week, Adam? How'd you do this week? You you, 14 clients yesterday, 15 clients. How how many had 25? What's going on these days with you, man? Uh, So yeah, I capped the week out at soft 45 clients. Um, It's pretty crazy. Some days are nine clients. Some days are 13 clients. It just jumps all around. Um, But man, man, there's a lot of hurt out in this world. Also this week I was, I was in court, got subpoenaed. That was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know what, as an, as a therapist, it's, uh, it's one of my, it's a part of my job. And I actually love when I get to advocate for my clients, whether it's in court or it's sitting in this chair, I'm going to be there for my client. And so, uh, it's interesting. Actually got put up in the witness box, got grilled for an hour and 15 minutes. Um, but man, did I walk away? Uh, I actually walked away sort of revitalized in that moment because I realized, Hey, I stuck to what was said. I stuck to what I encountered with that client in the session, um, and sessions. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing when you're, when you realize that you've done your best, you didn't ethically cross any boundaries and you get to just walk out relieved. Um, you know, I had a mentor once tell me it's go ahead. uh, It's kind of like you realize your purpose, right? How big it is and how, how important it is to not only, you know, represent yourself, but advocating for, uh, clients that may not be able to advocate for themselves or struggle to do that. 
you're, you're able to show up for them. Absolutely. I just love the fact that when you, you go out and do something like that, man, I slept so good that night. Um, just because it's, it's amazing when you can, again, sit back and value sleep and value the fact that I don't have to be up at night worrying about what did I say? What could have I said? I did my best. I walked away from it and now it's time to go to sleep. So what do you do for self-care during the week? You know, something that's been a big thing. So if you've ever worked with me individually, I always talk about stealing time because I feel like it actually incentivizes people because when I'm like, how can we gather time back? No one wants to do it. But if you make it sound bad, steal, people will do it. So um, <laughs> all of a sudden everybody, they're like, every, oh, I'm being sneaky. Like, come on, just take the 15 wants to break minute. a rule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, the things that I do is I try to, in my head, I have a schedule of like how I see clients. So normally I see about eight clients before uh, noon. I get an hour time slot in there um, and I will have, I'll have a little something for lunch and then I'll spend 30 minutes in meditation. Um, And that's been a pretty consistent for me for the last six months because it helps me really refresh myself for the next potential eight clients I see after that. Um, But the biggest thing uh, that I've seen for my own my own uh, improvement is I love archery and I've been shooting bows. So normally Excellent. I, I walk into the backyard and I know this is a little different than California. You might not have a backyard. You can shoot a bow and arrow in, but I'll walk out into the backyard and I'll show, shoot bows and arrows for about an hour and a half. And man, it's crazy. I'll track it on my Garmin watch where mm. all of a sudden it's like stress is gone. Yeah. Like just poof. Talking and about a meditative state because you got to focus, you got to concentrate, and then you mm-hmm. got to repeatedly do the same thing over and over again to get an accurate shot. So, yeah. And it's a total body scan because what's actually interesting about archery is when you start getting consistency, it's really because you start recognizing that your body and posture are in the, the same state every time you go to release that arrow. So it's the same thing like when, when I've talked to athletes who are baseball players, that they, they know when the hit is going to be a good hit before the ball is really anywhere. It doesn't have to be up in there. They just know by the crack. They know by how they swung. They know how, you know, how they transition their hips and all that. They know what it's going to be like before the ball even goes anywhere. And so it's the same principle because in archery, when you're pulling back, you're starting to feel the tenseness. You're trying to relax your shoulders. Um, because you store a lot of tension up there. And then actually people don't realize the hand that's on the frame of the bow. um, Everyone thinks you should be gripping onto that for dear life. You actually release all tension. Mm -hmm. And with the frame, it sits in this sort of groove here in your hand uh, for you wondering, uh, go to our YouTube. I'll show you right here, but it's just in the webbing of your, your uh, index and your thumb and it just rests there. And you don't realize how accurate you start to be when you start letting things go. Yeah. Like, and it's a mo- it, it's completely therapeutic in that because the more you try to hold on to things, the more mm-hmm. rigid your posture becomes. All of a sudden, your accuracy is all over the place. Yeah, it's the same thing with a baseball bat. It you know they talk to you they te- when you're taught you're not taught you're not taught to grip that bat as tight as you can. It's mm. very loose in your hands, and you know it's all through the swing, the energy created through the swing. And so same, same principle. And then that relaxed state when you're in the batter's box, just having that relaxed state. Imagine if we walked around life with that relaxed state or just even 
being mindful of how our body is presenting and showing up to the world. It could really mm -hmm. tell us a lot. And that's a lot of, a lot of things that I try to coach clients to do is check in with their body and recognize when they're carrying tension, mm. when they're, you know, when they got something that's just not feeling right within the body, go back up to the mind and check and see what's going on. If there's, if there is something that's a little off and uh, that they can, you know, address that mm. maybe an interaction earlier in the day or earlier in the week that is just sitting there waiting to be relieved and talked about and worked through and, and you know, figuring out, okay, what is it? So, yeah. Absolutely. And you're also talking about the fact that sometimes we need to walk away from the batter's box. Mm. Just like there's going to be times um, that when I'm shooting my bow and arrow, man, my accuracy is all over the place. And then I mm -hmm. start chasing it. Right. And I start getting worse. Right. Mm. And so okay. there's a I had a person that gave me a little bit of an archery lesson and he was teaching me that uh, bad practice is bad practice. So if you can tell that you're frustrated, exactly. you're not in the right mindset don't keep on forcing yourself to pick up bad habits. And that really reminds us for life. It's the same thing. Some days are going to be terrible days. There's no way to wrap this thing up in a bow. There's no way to make it perfect. And so how do we get past that point? A lot of times it's going to be recognizing when maybe we don't need to engage in the craziness of life. Yeah. Oh man. That kind of leads us up to, to today's topic. Yeah. So oh the my. craziness of life, the difficulties of relationship, uh, when we've been wronged, when we've been hurt. So yeah. Why don't you introduce yeah, this one since it? you were, since you were the one. <laughs> so it's just, man, just, it just came, uh, it, it, I know it's what we need to talk about. Absolutely. Oh, it's what we need to talk about. All right. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it quick. I, I want everybody to listen, being attentive forgiveness. That's it. That's all I got. That's it. Yeah. That's the whole show. forgiveness. That, how, how do we forgive mm. when we've been wronged, when we've been hurt, when we've been rejected, uh, when we've been put down, how do we move past that hurt and that pain mm. and, and the guilt and the shame that may come with it and, and freeing ourselves from the stronghold and the burdens that come with unforgiveness. Mm. And so, I, I mean, I work, I work with clients all of the time navigating this concept of forgiveness and what it looks like for them. And, you know, they, they tell me that the pain is great and the people that have hurt them are difficult and they're hard to forgive because they continue to do it over and over again. They don't apologize. Mm. They don't, they, you know, we as individuals that have been hurt feel like we're owed an apology and i'm gonna be honest uh you can forgive without getting an apology see because mm. forgiveness frees you from that burden that weight that you're going to carry by not forgiving and so it's that weight that sits on your shoulders or sits on your chest it's just you know it's impacting you and so it's forgiving them not that you're going to forget it's either them or a company or you know, a mm. business partner, whatever it is, that you're going to release that toxicity, that pain that comes with unforgiveness. And you're saying, you know what? That's creating too much of an impact. I'm giving too much of my personal power to that action or that hurt or that pain. 
And mm. I, I'm tired of doing that. So if I let go of that, I'm going to actually free myself to open up and to engage and be vulnerable on the other side. And so we'll talk about some of the steps it takes. And we've worked in working with clients that we, mm. you know, share with them and how, you know, how, like a how to process It's It's not always easy. And it's sometimes it's messy and downright ugly, but it's a, it's a process. Nonetheless, when we get to the, the side of forgiveness, boy, is it freeing. Mm. I think so. Here's the thing. When Jeff brought it up, he sent a text as normal. It was the night before, uh, you know, what, what are we going to do? And uh, I fired back with it because I had just a busy week. I didn't really know. I was like, I am nothing. And so then he said, he sends just the word forgiveness. Right. And I'm like, this guy. It was like is... a day later too. It was a day later. It wasn't even that same night. It was like yeah, a day later. Yeah, I, I still wait. didn't know. I, I made <laughs> no, him I didn't wait. Know. You're no. right. That was my passive aggressive tendency right there. No, no, I was no, like, no. I saw that no, thing no, at no. like eight o'clock at night. I'm like, I'm trying to go to bed, Jeff. And you out here trying to wreck my life. Like, and so, <laughs> but here's, so this is what I'm going to drop on all of you, just sort of my own perspective, what I've had to do to wrestle with the word forgiveness. Because when we think of the word forgiveness, we think of some sort of Hallmark Lifetime movie. At least that's what I do. We're like, oh, we just love each other and it's okay. You beat the hell out of me, but you are right now and everything's good. And you said all these things that like totally wrecked my life, but you found God and now we're good. And like, for me, it's just not a good word. And I've, I've always wrestled with this word. And it's funny because if any of my clients actually lock onto this, they realize they'll be like, hold it. He struggles with it. Cause, cause he doesn't make it look like that in session. So you don't see all of me when, when we work in a professional capacity, but the easiest way that forgiveness was broken down to me once is when I had a mentor reach out in a difficult time in my life. And he said, Adam, maybe you have to think of it this way. Hate is the only, uh, how do I want to say this? Because he said it so well. Perfect. Hate is the only poison that you take personally in a hope that someone else will die. And what I mean by that is when you don't forgive someone, you sit there and you stew on something that someone else isn't even aware of. Someone who harmed you, who, who hurt you through words, whatever it might be, whether it was professional, personal, whatever it is. What do we do? We just sit there and hold on to the hate and let it grow as a cancer inside of us with the thought process that somehow that's going to hurt someone else. And so when I start conceptualizing forgiveness, I start conceptualizing other words like hate, resentment, pain, mm. trauma. And then all mm. of a sudden the word for mm. forgiveness makes more sense to me. Why? Because I don't want to hold on to those things. I have two options. I can decide to not forgive and I will decide, I will continue to have this poison fester in my body. And I will, I will pay the price for that physically, emotionally, yep. relationally, or I can decide to tell someone that I am no longer going to use what they did against me to drive the decisions of my own life. And that's why forgiveness is something we have to talk about. You may, you bring up a good point um, in how it's going to impact us in, in regards to relationships, because if we have unforgiveness in us in the specific part 
of our lives. So let's mm -hmm. just say romantic relationship. And let's just say we were dating somebody for a couple of years and they stepped out on the relationship. Mm -hmm. They they found somebody else and left you. Uh, if we don't forgive them, we carry that hurt and pain to the next relationship. Our, our new partner doesn't know. Mm -hmm. You may tell them what happened, but they, they don't know the severity of the hurt and the wounds that, that you carry with you. But they're going to find out soon because they're going to leak into the relationship. And it, that was one of the things, having gone through a divorce, I mean, it's pretty obvious that God wanted me to heal that, mm. not just that relationship, but all the, all the trauma and all the hurt that I had previous. Mm. And so it was a process. It wasn't something I did overnight, without a doubt. And then it's something I still work on to this day. But it, it's, it's one of those things where if I don't forgive, then I carry that baggage to the next relationship. And then the next partner that, you know, romantic partner or business partner or community partner or friendship that I have, I mm. carry, I carry those burdens into the next. And so then I start projecting or I start, uh, you know, holding against them when they do some, some things that are same as my old, old relationship and mm. it, it looks similar. So then I get defensive and I put up this wall and I start projecting different emotions on, on them that probably are not deserved, but it's recognizing it's because of the unforgiveness that it just lingers on and it piles up. Mm. And then I create that, that victim state mentality because I've not forgiven them. And, and more importantly, I haven't forgiven myself. Mm. Sometimes we have to forgive ourselves for maybe we picked a bad relationship to be in. Maybe we just didn't see all the signs. Hey, okay. Forgiving yourself and moving forward and forgiving them moving forward. Mm. And it, you don't need their, um, you don't need them to receive an apology or you don't need them to even extend an apology. It's just you, cause you have the power. It's like when you go back to the, the, the archery, like you have the power to make these corrections, right? You can continue to hold on to the bow as hard as you want. But like you said, bad practice is bad practice. Like it's not going to result in, in an accurate shot. And so if you loosen the grip, if you loosen tension in your body and you pull back, breathe, relax, let go, perhaps you will hit the, the target right in the middle. Perhaps you won't, but your relaxed state would gives you a better opportunity to do so. Absolutely. Because you can never especially in archery, like you can do everything right, but you sometimes can't, uh, can't predict wind. Right. Uh, and so those yeah. are those Excellent. variables in life that you'll do everything perfect and you still might not get the bullseye, but you'll probably still hit the target. Like, and so again, that, then we jump into comparison, but to stay with the forgiveness mm -hmm. component, mm -hmm. the forgiveness component is coming down to the fact that I also want us to have this conversation. The fact that forgiveness does not mean forgetting one of the worst sayings on the planet is forgive and forget, because what we're actually telling people is we'll forgive and compartmentalize. And really what we're saying is dismiss the whole part of forgiveness. Just say a word, it kind of cleans you, and then take the other and box it up and stick it into whatever emotional closet you got left. And it doesn't work that way. Because what happens is if I forget how I was treated, it's much more likely that I'm going to be treated that way again in life. I want you to forgive, mm -hmm. but I absolutely mm -hmm. want you to learn. 
because sometimes we have to realize that there are safe people and there are unsafe people. And so remember that relationship that Mm -hmm. I put 110% in, it was a friendship. I think friendships are also an easier way to to engage in this conversation because we've all been hurt romantically. We've, we've all had pain in our, in our own family relationships. Let's think friendship. Have you ever had a friendship where, man, you felt like, wow, we're really connected. We go out and do things. You know, I, I think back to relationships I've had with people when I went dirt biking and camping and you have these relationships that you're like, oh, wow, we're real close and we're real uh, close knit. And then all of a sudden something happens and you learn, mm-hmm. lean on that person. You make a phone call. Hey, man, I really need help. I, I need something. Um, I need someone maybe. And all of a sudden we realize that maybe that person was not as close as we thought. Like, oh, uh, yeah, not available. Can't help you with this more of a fair weather friend there can be extreme pain in that process but you know what and sometimes maybe it needs to be forgiveness where you help a person move five times they never helped you move once whatever it happens but you see this this dichotomy that's going on so where i come in this process is i go okay well how about we learn from the mistakes we made because everything's 50 50 here i obviously over leveraged myself in a relationship that wasn't as close knit as I thought. Why did I feel like I had to continually do so much in this friendship to be mm. uh, able to receive validation and value from someone else? Because mm. then all of a sudden we start safeguarding ourselves in these relationships because we realize then when the phone call comes in and it's just something like a weekend project, we don't have to drop everything in our lives to help someone else. Because they may not do the same for us. Yeah, and it, it's it's, but it's recognizing if you want to help somebody, great. If you don't, great. You can say no too. And it, that that's one of the things that I've worked on uh, throughout my life, being a recovering people pleaser, is being able to say no. You know, because yeah. usually my first answer is yes, 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 yes. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Okay, no problem. Yeah, okay, we can do that. But it's to recognize when I need to have healthy boundaries, right? And so if I have healthy boundaries and I know how I show up to every relationship, you know, I can't always meet the expectations of Mm. other individuals. And that's okay. You know, just because I have this standard of friendship, this is how I show up. I don't expect everybody to meet it or exceed it. I just accept whatever it is that, that they give me. And if they can't show up, you know, and meet those needs, okay, fine. That, you know, but it's, that's kind of part of the forgiveness process too. Cause maybe we thought they were there, like you said, on that same level. And then, you know, they don't show up the way we expected. And it's like, Oh wait, what? Now there's that gap between what, you know, reality and expectation. And so in that gap, we feel with, you know, the hurt and the shame it's like, wait, they're not showing up for me. They don't care about me. We can't say that. Like we, we can but it hurts us and it weighs heavy on us. But if we kind of, if we reframe it to be like, well, maybe they have something else going on and, and not that they don't meet the level of expectation of your friendship or they think less of you or, you know, all those different things The the start of forgiveness is recognizing, Hey, they have their own life and it's okay. Like if maybe, maybe they're consistently and they show up that at that level of friendship, that's okay. You just learn not to call them anymore, but you can call them for other things. Like they'll show up for other things, which is fine. 
You know, mm. they're not going to help you move, but they're going to, they're going to enjoy going dirt biking. That's, yeah. that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. You just find the person that's going to help you move. And if you're the person that always helps people move, great. But if you're the person that always helps people move and you want to say no, and you don't, oh boy, you're carrying that burden too. And so you have to learn to set those healthy boundaries because then that's when you're going to have to start the forgiveness process, forgiving yourself for not saying no, forget, you know, and it, <laughs> the, the, the projection that you're putting on your friend that they have no idea about because you didn't say no, because you're all frustrated. And it's like, you know, it's for forgiveness because they didn't know they just asked, they just need help. And, so you, you know, you actually set this up perfect for me. I appreciate it because what you just did is you're bringing this, this other word obligation and mm -hmm. obligation and forgiveness sort of ride the same level here in relational difficulties. And what I mean by this is you were talking about, man, as a friend, maybe I felt obligated to always try to meet the yeah. needs of others. And so I didn't yeah. put in that good self, the, the good boundaries yeah. and self-care and saying no. And then look at where I am now, where now I'm in a state where forgiveness, I feel obligated to just completely negate what a person's done against me just because, well, guess what? That, that, I've been told to do that. So I'm just going to go ahead and forgive and forget and move on. Absolutely, Jeff, you nailed great things on the fact that we have to have boundaries and there's going to be times friends can't meet our expectations. But it's that component of forgiving ourselves of why, again, as maybe um, – a uh, recovering people pleaser do I always feel like I need to go over and above to mm -hmm. then have it be acceptable to receive love or connection or value or uh, worth yeah um and it's in this component that then we start breaking it down because a lot of times uh, when we grew up in whatever system we grew up in we learn as children how we intrinsically feel value and maybe it's through what I've done. You know, there's a whole age of kids right now who grew up in sports. I'm not against sports. Don't get me wrong on this. But there is some toxicity in parent, uh, parental sides of sports where people make it so that their children only feel valued through home runs and strikes and touchdowns mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. goals scored and attempts and whatever it might be to where then kids grow up with this expectation of if I'm not achieving, I don't have value. And why I bring this up is because that same kid is going to start to attribute those thought processes to the relationships they have as adults and as professionals. Yeah, I had it hit me in the face one day when I went in for a performance review and they hadn't, I, I absolutely hated this, but the company I was with, they said, Hey, we want you to score yourself one to 10 on a bunch of these things, right? And dude, I scored it out and I just went like with my gut, like do, 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 do. And then I sat, actually sat back and looked at it. And I rarely ever gave myself higher than a six. So my boss comes in, sits down, reads this piece of paper is like, was is this a joke? And I was like, oh God, here we go. What's going on? And he's like, Adam, is this really how you feel about yourself here at, here at this job? I'm like, well, yeah. And he was like, why don't you look at mine? And he slotted it over to me. And I had a lot of eights, a lot of nines. And it was like, what? And I'm like, but I screw up on this and I screw up on this and I screw up on this. I'll never forget this boss looking me dead in the face and saying, you don't think other people screw up? Like, you're here. You do well. You're, you're one of the guys that I trust. 
I would have never known that if I hadn't sat down for that performance review and been like, oh, wow. And how did it change how I performed after that? Man, all of a sudden the stress and the rigidity mm-hmm. in what I'm trying mm-hmm. to do because I'm always tense. Yeah. I got to rush. I got to get this done. I got to all of a sudden I was able to step back a little bit and prioritize better. No, no, no. What really needs my attention? What really needs my focus? Yeah. And so there's a process in this forgiveness that believe it or not, you will be a better person by actively using forgiveness. Because especially if you're in sales and sales is cutthroat, everyone's trying to kill everyone in that really don't care if you're selling real estate, hawking computers, whatever it might be software, it is just a cutthroat world. But if you start basically basing how you interact with customers, with how you've interacted with the people around you, and you start seeing people as numbers more than you start seeing people as people, guess what? Your sales normally go through the floor yeah. because you re- you miss that relational component. So right. I have to realize that when someone's being a jerk to me, that I don't internalize that and then start sharing that hurt with other people. Mm-hmm. Oh. You don't want to bleed on everybody else because we're cut, you know, and it, my goodness, you, I like that point of in the sales, looking at people as a number as opposed to relationship. But I, I think we can do that no matter what our field is, you know, the second we get hurt. Oh, just look, I mean, look at today's uh, cultural environment with politics and, oh, you represent this, or you represent that. And it's the difference in that, that division. You know, and it's like, man, this thing is big. And I mean, even just your religious affiliation or your (laughs) who's your sports team? It could be so subtle, but it's really something that, you know, we have to be mindful of that. These Mm. things, when we stop looking at people as people, people, human beings that have feelings and emotions, whether they are wearing a mask or not, whether they got a vaccine or not, whether they represent uh, a donkey or elephant, it doesn't matter. Do you, everybody's a person. We're all people. The second we start looking at each other as an enemy, we got a problem. And then the forgiveness needs to start forgiveness to let go of that divisive mentality that, you know, somebody may say something to you and get mad at you because they, they're, they're offended or and it's like okay like maybe you didn't mean to offend anybody <laughs> and maybe you were actually in the right but you still have to forgive that person because that that uh, i don't even know what you call that ugly energy is on you mm. and so you got to do something with it so to get it off of you you got to start that that forgiveness process it's everywhere we go and it's been going on since we we're little little kids. The problem is we just don't recognize it, and that's why you know Adam and I are talking about the, our bodies because our bodies will tell us when we're carrying tension. We don't think about that. It, it the mind is telling our body like, "Hey, we're hurt." The body responds, but we don't catch it up here in our mind because you know we got a lot of things going on. So it's paying attention to our bodies and recognizing, ah, there's, I just don't feel right. And that's a, a lot of the reason why I like to exercise because if I don't, Adam, I, it's hard for me to sleep at night. I'm going to be honest mm. with you. I cannot get a good sleep at night. So if I go kick my butt, uh, you know, at least one point during the day, physically, I release that physical tension. Mm. And, and for me, it allows me to do the mental work. Yeah. 
okay, I'm physically, there's no tension. <clears throat> so what's going on underneath it? Is there anything that I need to take care of emotionally or mentally mm. that I'm not addressing that, that I've learned to suppress and repress over a lifetime? So it's something that I continue continuously work on. Are there people I need to forgive? Are there interactions throughout my day where something got projected on me and I'm carrying that around? So yeah. it's being mindful. Like it could be micro, it could be macro, it can be all kinds of different interactions, but it's recognizing, oh my goodness, this happened. And yeah, that it caused me to be defensive or caused me to think negatively towards an individual, a human being that has feelings. That That's the one thing I really want to, people are people. We all have a story. We all come from somewhere. And sometimes people react mm -hmm. and they react negatively. And the, the goal is to respond out of love, not react out of fear. And so as we do that, it's like, okay, it's that, that dance that we have between fear and love. And, you know, if we want to spend more time dancing in love, then we have to be aware that these things are actually happening mm. to us and, you know, learning to forgive ourselves, forgive them. So that way we can be available to really impact the world impact our families, impact our careers, all kinds of different things. Well, and so what I want to also bring up in this, because you did so well at like framing that side of this is why we do what we do is this isn't something where you have to go wait for someone to wrong you to apply this. You're like, <laughs> yeah, Oh my God, this, this podcast, I listened to it. It was such a great thing. And then, well, I didn't see anyone for four days and then boom, someone harmed me and I forgot about it. And uh, no, trust me, you can work on it right now. And the person, yeah. the person that you can work on it with is uh, staring and staring you in the face in the mirror. That's right. Because forgiveness also becomes this amazing asset in mm -hmm. our relational capabilities when we learn to forgive ourselves. And this is what it looks like. It's not just the self-love movement. Oh, I'm perfect. No, it's, it's how about yesterday? Yesterday was Friday. And so how about this? Um, was there some aspect at work that you forgot about something? You're like, dang it, I got the meeting or I needed to get this audit done. Or my wife asked me to pick up something and I forgot the milk. I just drove home or whatever it was. Believe it or not, in that moment, you needed to find time to reflect on what happened and forgive yourself. Because this is a part, a part of this reflection is really also where we got, we get to do the repair, where we get to say, okay, what needs to be fixed? Did I forget something out of malice or was it just, mm. did I get busy? No, I got busy mm. and I just did, totally slipped my head. Yeah. Okay. You're not perfect. And good news. You'll never be perfect. I don't, I want you to get this through your mind. Perfection is not where we're intending to go. We're looking yeah. for progress. Yes. We can always strive towards being better, but perfection is on a pedestal you will never reach and you will build resentment in your life and you will kill relationships around yeah. you yeah. and you will find yourself in a very bitter place because you will never be able to get there. That's what your family and friends will not tell you, but Jeff and I have no problem telling you. That's right. So where I got to step in is I have to step in and be like, man, I'm not perfect. Or better yet, maybe I need to start actually taking into consideration my emotional health, my physical health, and my own time. Are you over leveraging yourself? Are you saying yes to everyone and their mother? Like, I'll help you with this. Uh, I'll help you with this. I'll help you with this. I'll help you with this. And then you can't do it. Right. And so obviously you sit back and you talk about how terrible you are as a person. Yeah. 
I just suck. I can't help anyone. I can't do anything. Actually, no, you're not that person. You actually put yourself in a position that you were never going to be able to fill because Superman doesn't mm. exist. Sorry, That's guys. That's right. Take the and cape off. What we got to look at is what can I actually do? And it becomes much more freeing than in the process when I say no. Because I'm not saying no to someone because I don't love them. I'm not saying no to them because I don't appreciate them. Exactly. I'm saying no to them because I couldn't be present for them in other ways if I over leverage and mortgage my emotional components now. I can be with you later. It's just today I can't do it. I got a lot going on. And, and it's and that's so okay, painful. right? It's so painful to say. Oh, it is especially for a recovering people pleaser. It's okay. I love Adam. I love everything about that. It's a, it's a hundred percent accurate. And it's that balance that we try to teach our clients. And it's, it's that balance of some days I can say yes, some days I can say no, and that's okay. And it's recognizing when we're stepping outside of our healthy boundaries and we're like, Oh no, that doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel good. I don't like the way I feel. I don't like the way I'm thinking. I don't like the way I'm being critical. I don't like the way I'm putting people down. I don't like the way that I'm not encouraging people and, and I'm not loving people. And so it's recognizing when we're not setting those healthy boundaries and really being attentive to stepping into what, what you want to do and what you're capable of doing mm-hmm. and staying within in that range and recognizing it's okay to say no. Trust me, I, hearing that is very difficult for me, even to this day. And I, I can say no now. Uh, it's, it's still something that I want to say yes, but I take a step back. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to be able to do that. Or I'm mm-hmm. not available to do that. And that's okay. That doesn't make me less of a person. That It, it does not. It's when we recognize that, I'm like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> I'm still... A loving, kind individual? Yes, you are. With healthy boundaries, that makes you so much more impactful for the world, so much more impactful for, for your families when you're able to do that. Because let's just say, let's just say your work is demanding uh, you to do X, Y, and Z. And it's mm. for a period of time, but you know, it, you do it and then they want more. And it's like, at some point, you're going to have to say, hey, look, I, I'm not with my family. I, I got to tell you no. I got to tell you, no. And so that's that fear like, oh, what are they going to do? But we do it out of place of love because we know that we need to spend time with our family. Well, that and setting those healthy boundaries. This is also it's a mile marker for the relationship I have with people, because if people don't understand that I won't help them move because I've got my kids T-ball practice, then we got mm-hmm. a we got a massive uh, incongruence yeah. in our understanding here. If you don't like exactly if I have to explain to you why I can't do things and ooh, maybe we're in somewhat of a, a codependent or a little bit of a toxic relationship. When I say no, because I have something going on in my life, I don't have to justify why I can't meet your needs. But you know, the thing ooh, I want to, I, like I, I want to turn the corner one more bit on the forgiveness, because I think sometimes it gets conceptualized into something that's not. So forgiveness is also, when Jeff and I are talking about going through this process, forgiveness is not a permission slip and continuing going back to poor habitual patterns. Exactly. And so a lot of times people will be like, 
you know, oh, well, last night I went out, I got drunk, I did a bunch of things I didn't like, but I forgive myself. And then next Friday, they go out and they do the same thing. <laughs> like, now, yeah, no. now, now, back, now back it up. I understand that no one's going to change overnight. There's not a, a snap of the fingers. But if you, find, if you find yourself continually forgiving yourself for getting into toxic uh, physical relationships or toxic work relationships or whatever it might be, and you find that you keep on doing the same thing, you can't sit there and just for, oh, I forgive myself. Because what you end up doing, and I'm going to yeah. use my tagline, you co-sign your own bullshit. You're going to say, oh, well, look, that's this, right. this is what I did and I forgot. No, forgiveness means that there's going to be reflection and change. Because what I'm giving to you, I'm giving to you. It's no longer on me. I don't have it on my shoulders. I'm not carrying this burden. I'm giving it away. And if forgiveness for you is just simply saying a word and then holding on to all the hate and all the pain and all the trial, then we are not using forgiveness as the way it's supposed to be. Now, again, I didn't tell you you needed to forget, but I needed, I need you to at some point recognize, wow, maybe this person had significant character flaws in what they did to me. I didn't deserve this. I didn't deserve to be yelled at. I didn't deserve to be physically beaten the way I was. Whatever it might be, whatever those pain points are in your life, you didn't deserve that. And so you're also not going to allow yourself to continue where your offender left off. I'm not going to continue to beat myself up verbally. I'm not going to continue to pick myself apart physically. I'm going to go ahead and have forgiveness. I'm going to remember it. Uh, and I know what that pain is but I'm no longer going to let it dictate the decisions I make and the relationships I have. Because what happens is we go into this movement of seeking safety and in seeking safety, we decide to put up our own glass ceilings. We decide to leverage our own future successes and say, well, no security sounds better than success. So I'm not going to do that. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's that pain is going to serve a purpose, you know, and that pain serves a purpose, uh, to remind us that we have, you know, forgiving ourselves, forgiving other people that wronged us, remembering the pain. So that way, when we start becoming hard on ourselves, that we recognize, ah, I'm just repeating that narrative. I'm just mm. continuing to, to keep that narrative that lies over my life and the story that I'm writing. Mm. And I'm using that narrative, but I, I got to replace it. I got to grow in, in, in the forgiveness is, is recognizing what you bring as an individual to this world and to mm. your life in general and, and living in power of that and being able to serve in that and holding that and sharing that and giving that to the world. It's not living from a place of that fear in how we've been wronged and you know how we've been hurt but really stepping into that place of love that shares that has hope mm. that has empathy that has that the world needs more men like that mm. that 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 will serve from a place of love that will stand up for what they believe in and live from that place that's what the world needs more of. That's what I hope that you guys get from this podcast in forgiving, but not forgetting. Do not forget mm -hmm. because that, that, that pain is going to serve a purpose that you don't want to do that to anybody else, that you don't want to live from that place of fear and pain, but you want to live from a place of love 
and servanthood and brotherhood and looking to other men that you can reach out to, that you can build relationship with, that you can encourage and that they can encourage you, that you would create this community of men that, is, that, that are willing to embrace each other, that are willing to hug each other and love each other and to share mm. the hurt and the pain that, that we may experience from time to time, but also that we can look to, to help us grow to help us grow closer to each other and help us grow closer to our families, to our wives, to our kids, to our communities. That changes the world. I hope that this podcast serves that purpose and that Adam and Adam and I being helpers in this field, teach you just some of the things that, that we've learned uh, and personally, professionally, and share that with you, that you can take hold of some of this and start that shift in your mindset, start that shift in, in your life that you can show up the way that you know you were made to show up. And so when I hear what Jeff's just said, I conceptualize, for me, words pop out, right? And so Sometimes we get wrapped up, especially men, when we're, we're talking about love and brotherly uh, brotherhood, sometimes these feel like foreign concepts to us. But what I heard Jeff sort of call mm. us to action to, about was he wants this podcast to help you build your resolve while opening yourself up to reflection. I want you to be able to know what your convictions are in life. There's something with like mm. the my own my own counseling practice it's called wild ethos why is it because i want i want us to celebrate and hone the parts of you that are wild and i want us to also know what your creed is what your ethos is what do you live for and that's what this podcast is about and so if i don't have resolve if i don't have conviction if i don't have something that i'm willing to stand up for i will fall for anything and i didn't come up with that quote that was a quote that i forget who said it but if you don't know what you will stand up yeah. for you will fall for anything and that's the reason why we have to focus as men on better understanding our emotions and better understanding forgiveness because i'm telling you if you get forgiveness down you will lead other men and other individuals professionally and personally in ways you didn't understand you could because when forgiveness enters the room then guess what even if you're a leader all of a sudden i feel like i can approach you about something hey i'm kind of i'm concerned about this i'm not doing well in this that or the other I'm, i'm struggling in this realm And guess what? I have seen how you've handled forgiveness in the past. I understand that you're not just going to hit me with a hammer. You're not going to just beat me down, bring in embarrassment, shame, guilt, obligation, whatever it is. You're going to work from the forgiveness component of understanding this. Okay. All right. Well, that was a defect, but let's see what we can do. Let's increase this deficit. So that's not a deficit. It's actually, we have a surplus of skill, of emotion, whatever it is. Let's get there and we can do it. But if you are not a person that forgives and if you harbor and and bring in resentment and bring in that hate and bring in that toxicity, then guess what? It permeates throughout you. People will stop wanting to have relationship with you because they're like, man, that guy's just vindictive. Like you do one thing wrong. And it's funny because we've talked about this being blue collar. I knew one guy, man, he had a fleet of trucks and he would bring them in and I was a mechanic at the time. And I'll never forget 
that there was one time um it's so funny i i I just i i had spent four days working on this car on this truck just completely rebuilding the front end doing a bunch of things and i drove the truck up i knew the truck was in great condition no problem and he uh he comes storming in the office he says hey there's a thumbprint on my car and i'm like what what's going on so sure went out there and yep there was a little grease little grease thumbprint on one of the fenders and uh, i said i'm sorry i'm sorry um and i was a little taken back because it was hard to see but whatever yeah sorry i i did do that and he just sat there and berated me just beat me down and was saying some very mean things um to the point that an another customer was witnessing witnessing this so i i get done with him he, you know screw you whatever he drives away that's what he told me i walk in and one of those customers said uh, i'll never forget she was an awesome lady uh just a really good person um and she said you didn't deserve that and i was like completely in a different mindset i'm a young male just totally got treated like trash and uh, she said, you didn't deserve that. You made a mistake. Mistakes are okay. And I remember her saying that. And I remember everything like in my heart of just what I was feeling. And she said, you know what? In that moment, he made himself look like an idiot. Yep, exactly. And she said, you know, his name of his company was on the side of his truck. I'll never use him. And all of a sudden, you start to realize that your behaviors are not isolated incidents. That while you might get all the cathartic release of just yelling and screaming and berating someone, you're also going to make it very obvious that you're not an approachable person. Do you think someone wants to hire that person and come to their house and work on something? Not mm -hmm. if you're going to treat someone like that. No, that's an unsafe person. Nobody wants to be around anybody who's unsafe. And so and that's that, why I mean, that's, that's why forgiveness is powerful. It's why yeah. forgiveness inhibits you from getting to that point to where you have to emotionally exactly. lash out. You have to yell at someone. You have to, because trust me, it wasn't about the grease print. It wasn't about the fingerprint. Something else was going on in that guy's life. And there are so many of us as men who go through life filled with anger and rage and hurt. And it starts with forgiveness. If you're tired of cussing out the car in front of you that just cuts you off, if you're tired of finding yourself where you have to leave restaurants because you're yelling at someone and you're dropping F-bombs and you're embarrassing your wife and your kids or whatever that is, guess what? It starts with forgiveness. It starts from going back to that pinpoint of like, when did this start? Wow. wow, I got nothing else after that. It, it, you're right. You're right. Forgiveness, that's the key that sets us free. It without is. a doubt. Well, I think we <laughs> I got I think, nothing, man. I think, wow, that's powerful. I, I, I know if you're listening, it, you're probably sitting here like me and then just like, wow, it's true. That's 100% true, Adam. It's the, it's the way we have to start engaging something different. A lot of, I, I sit down with a lot of men that come to me and say, Hey, I want to work on anger. I want to help. I want to work on rage. I always hit them back with, all right, perfect. Let's start with forgiveness. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, F you. I said, I was here for anger. 
And it's like, well, well, no, no. That guess what? What you're telling me is you have a cesspool in your life. And guess what? We got to pull the plug, and the plug has a giant F on it for forgiveness. Yeah. You got to start letting stuff go because we can't, you cannot fill up a cesspool and imagine that the water is going to be healthy enough to drink. How do you have to do it? You have to clean it out. That's right. I mean, and so how many of us are drinking from poisoned wells? That's Mm. what I want. Every morning you wake up and relationally or whether it's professionally or personally, you're going to a poisoned well, your thinking, your thought processes, your interactions, your beliefs in other people. How do we get to believe that people are so incapable of meeting our needs or that they're so less than it's because of ways we've been treated It's because of ways in the past that this was a coping mechanism that got me through something, but now it's not a coping mechanism. It's a freaking boat anchor and you cannot swim above the waves anymore. So what do we do? We cut the anchor loose. That's right. And that's where forgiveness is. It doesn't at all take away the struggle. It doesn't take away what has happened to me, but it makes sure that I'm no longer drowning because of things that have no longer happened to me. Yeah, it was in the past. Amen, brother. That is good stuff. Well, good we, stuff. We gave you all forty-five minutes of power this this time, so maybe it was a little bit easier to digest. I know that we stirred a lot of brains. Yeah. Um, as well, because forgiveness is a complex thing. We could be here for hours, but this is just a little bit yep. to jog the memory, get you mm-hmm. on your thought process. Um, I did want to. I did want to thank everyone that reached out the last week about the podcast. It's tremendous. It's kind of mind blowing. Um, I'm getting the messages. I'm getting people saying, please put out more. I'm getting people say, uh, don't look at the views, which is hysterical. I don't know how people see how how many times a podcast has been viewed. Um, And that's just my own uh, naiveness of technology, but it was hysterical. One person said, I loved this, this one. And this one has your least amount of views on it. I was like, well, I appreciate it. A little shot in the arm there. But, you know, <laughs> the, the people that need to see it are going to see it. And that's what we're here for. Whether it's one person, whether it's thousands of people, it, it, it doesn't yeah. matter. And the good thing is these podcasts will be available whenever they find out about us. So it's, mm-hmm. there's no time frame for these things. They're just going to be there. And, you know, you can share them with whoever you want to share them with. Or if you're a wife and you're like, oh, my husband needs to listen to this. Yeah, share it with them and then maybe take on some of the things that we're, we're talking about too because chances are you can benefit from it as well so you yeah. know share it you know tell everybody about it that we're putting this out because we we want to help people and we mm-hmm. want to help men in particular and you know navigate their their feelings and their emotions and and figure out why they do the things they do mm-hmm. so they can you know so they can make some changes and shift into living the person that they're always created to be so absolutely this is for you guys well as always thank you for sitting down and spending some time with us whether you're driving into work or you were just chilling at the house or out the park working out whatever it might be we appreciate you listening in and uh, helping us in creating this so you all have a wonderful day and we will see you next week all right god bless you guys